Time now for Financial Friday on WOMI with your host, Drew Watson, sponsored by Align Wealth Management. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. And welcome to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And boy, do we have a great show for you today. Uh, it's going to be a show where we take a deeper dive into some uh, shorter-term bonds, answer your financial planning questions, and then look at also the questions you have with regarding to some of the market action earlier in the week. And, uh, you know, through the middle of the week, we had kind of an up, up and down week. Uh, we have seen, um, you know, uh, the Dow off. But as I'll explain later, Tuesday's session um, wasn't really indicative of anything too bad rather than one stock uh, kind of riding roughshod over the rest of the market. Um as we look at commodities, you know, oil has uh, traded, been kind of stuck just under $80 a barrel or right around that um, in the mid-79s through midweek. Gold is back above uh, $1,900 an ounce. Uh, we've also had, uh, you know, silver moving up to $24 uh, and change an ounce. Um, you know, one thing about the junior metal um, coming off its lows really September uh, through mid you know, mid-October, you've seen a dramatic move there. Um, gosh, uh, you know, 20-plus percent move. Our favorite commodity on this show, as you know, is lumber. Lumber's back above $400 uh, dollars per 1,000 board feet, coming in at, uh, you know, I'm checking my Bloomberg terminal now, um, 426, uh, $426 a 1,000 board feet. Through midweek, also uh, unleaded gasoline at the wholesale level was 251, and um, natural gas, uh, you know, looks like we're about uh, you know three dollars and an eighth uh, on natural gas. Now that might be my eyes playing tricks on me. No, that's definitely the big come off we've had over the last uh, month and a half with that gas. Now, the big story I would say this week is interest rates. Uh, the 10-year midweek was uh, well below 3.4%, so at 3.38, there's kind of a bigger gap opening up between the 10-year and the 30-year, uh, which may not be a bad thing overall. And traditionally, lower rates are typically better for stocks. Uh, the year has started off hot for most indexes, so it's not surprising that a little bit of a uh, blow-off here uh, might be due, but if you're a stock investor, you hope it's a short in duration and just a rebuilding time um, as uh, stocks uh, get through earnings season. Now, we have had earnings season begins. It usually begins with financial stocks. One thing to note, uh, there are more and more uh, provisions for credit losses out there, but what that means is not necessarily loans have gone bad. It just means that they uh, you know, are thinking they could and they want to put money back while the sun is shining, uh, so to speak. Because uh, when you put hay up in the barn, 
uh, it's when the sun is shining and the uh, hay is cut. So that's what banks are doing just to be on the conservative side of what they may be facing. We've got a great show for you today, as I said at the open. Uh, stay tuned here on this station and keep listening to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. And we'll be back in 30 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer. Our pursuits become careers. And if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays. I'm your host, Drew Watson, Private Wealth Advisor with Align. And in today's investment segment part of the show, we're going to take a look at navigating uh, some of the higher yields in cash and in short-term fixed income. Uh, this is brought to you by our friends uh, at Ameriprise uh, Investment Management Division and uh, really uh, – They've done a good job of kind of doing a deeper dive about uh, reminding us that uh, there are some attractive yields out there in short-term instruments. Uh, Don't fight the Fed has been a persistent theme for fixed income investors since the onset of the great financial crisis, and that's generally suggested stretching for yield in a near-zero interest rate environment. Now, heading into this year, this sentiment has uh, essentially flipped with aggressive Fed hikes providing attractive yields in cash and short-term fixed income to disincentivize risk-taking and tighten financial conditions to ease above-target uh, inflation. And then, as you know, we've discussed earlier in the show, I think, you know, I believe that investors should take advantage of attractive yields available on the short end of the yield curve uh, by looking at investing some excess funds and in cash investments. Um, you know, some of the options that are available – uh, I'll discuss here in a second, but just for example, um, you know, as of last week, a one-month yield to maturity was going to be over 4%, a three-month uh, all the way out to about uh, six months in a year was going to be upper fours. Once you get out to two years, you're back to right around four, but you can see very quickly uh, the five-year treasury was down to mid-threes, uh, 10 years, um, you know, just about – Mid threes or below, and thirty year uh, treasuries being uh, all the way, uh, you know, maybe ten basis points higher than the ten year. Um, you know, if you look at what the cash available is for some liquidity needs, you know, generally as a rule of thumb, uh, stuff you might need in less than a month, you want to use a savings or checking account. Um, Liquidity you might need in one to three months. You can use a money market fund. 
uh, for cash you might need between three and twelve months. You know, ultra sh- short-term bond funds, laddered CDs, uh, or laddered treasury bills. And finally, if you need to have some cash available between a year and three years, you know, short-term bond funds, individual bonds, and SMAs uh, could, uh, you know, fit that bill or that prescription, as one might say. Now, before dividing, you know, getting into these, um, you know, specifically, there's a lot of reasons why people hold cash, but the idea is, um, you know, you might want to meet liquidity needs, or from a tactical standpoint, you may want to allocate it to keep markets, uh, you know, keep it some out of some of the uh, harm's way in the market. But uh, the premise behind this approach is that investors face a trade-off between wanting easy access to withdraw cash and safety of principal versus maximizing potential income. Uh, you know, savings and checking accounts, um, you know, are the most uh, conservative solutions, and they offer immediate access to cash and FDIC insurance uh, against losses. But they do not usually offer competitive yields. As we went through that kind of scenario, by the time you get out to um, Bonds, those are instruments and even CDs where you may have penalties or not have uh, the guarantee of full um, redemption uh, if you get stuff out early. So you definitely want to make sure uh, you understand that. Now, liquidity uh, solutions for timeframes beyond three months are mainly differentiated by the potential for higher yields and a greater potential for principal loss either through additional exposure to interest rate risk credit risk, or a combination of the two. Ultra-short bond funds, for example, invest in cash investments and short-term bonds that can have longer maturities and lower credit ratings than money market funds. While still providing a more conservative risk profile than broad-based bond market portfolios, ultra-short funds can experience volatility and lose value, which makes them more suitable for liquidity needs over a 3- to 12-month horizon. Uh, you know, for example, and this is a great example, during the COVID-19 market shock in March of 2020, the average ultra-short bond fund experienced a drawdown um, or on paper loss of minus 2.26%. And it took three months to recover back to the peak value from this uh, decline in value. And that was according to data from Morningstar. In that environment, money held in ultra-short funds to meet near-term liquidity needs could have potentially fallen short. However, for investors capable of holding off withdrawals from these funds for 3 to 12 months, most ultra-short managers recovered uh, the principal value over that time frame as we discussed. Um, You know, for example, right now, the yields based on 30-day yields uh, from Crane Data and also Morningstar for governments, uh, government money market funds, uh, you're looking at 3.3%. 3.73 percent ultra short bond funds um, about 4.08 percent and then short term bond funds about 4.18. So as you look at these uh, potential investments and, and make determinations for yourself where you want to invest, keep in mind the longer uh, the higher the yield typically the greater the risk. We are in a period of time though where that general rule doesn't also apply. As I said earlier, you can be in a uh, one-month treasury uh, earning over 4%, which is a 30-day yield compared to a three, a 30-year yield of uh, under 4 for a treasury. Um, now, 
the risk you have by having your money in one-month treasuries is the reinvestment risk. If rates were to continue to go down, what you might find is um, when you invest the proceeds next month, you may not have a yield as high as you did the previous month. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here on this station, and we will be back after a word from our sponsors. When today is unpredictable, you need sound advice and strong support to help you stay focused on your long-term financial goals for tomorrow. Ameriprise has been guiding clients through challenging times for over 125 years. You can take comfort in working with an advisor who's backed by that strong experience and who's there to guide you with personalized, goal-based financial advice. Together, you and your Ameriprise advisor can plan your future while navigating your now. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Offices located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays, brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, uh, private wealth advisor with Align. And uh, in this, our financial planning segment this week, we're going to take a deeper dive of getting a hold of your personal income statement. Um, This would be, another way to say it would be your income and outgo. And specifically speaking, uh, what do you do when you uh, are at a point where you have some hard uh, decisions to make, uh, specifically regarding uh, your expenses and your ability to service the expenses you have, especially if some of them uh, are debt-related? So here we go. Specifically speaking, uh, a lot of people in the U.S. do have um, – um, significant expenses, and sometimes uh, the expenses exceed uh, the income coming in to pay them, and therefore it's really easy in the U.S. for most people to pull out a charge card and um, just put it on the plastic, as they used to say, or whatever those cards are made of now. Some of them look like they're made of steel. But essentially, it's easy to fall into the uh, trap of uh, running up, uh, you know, more debt, I should say, than you can service. And after many years of running up charge after charge, sometimes people will have uh, a multitude of different credit cards uh, out there with balances at various interest rates. And, um, you know, what I would say is uh, people need to – Look at uh, what uh, <clears throat> what choices they need to make. Specifically speaking, most commonly, um, if you have a finite amount of income, uh, like 99.9% of people uh, in this country, you need to use it judiciously, especially if you get into the point where you're looking to pay off credit card debt. It makes the most sense to tackle, um, you know, simplistically your the debt that charges you the highest interest, the first, um, but also the first step is knowing and understanding the terms that are 
on all of your <clears throat> credit cards or, or different loans. For example, you may think you've got a very good uh, introductory rate on a credit card, let's say even as good as 0%, but if you use this card, interest may start accruing, and the 0% period may be for as little as 30 days. It may be a quarter. It may be six months. It could be a year. But you might be liable for all the back interest once that introductory period is over. So, for example, let's say a credit card normally has a 24% interest rate. Uh, you have $10,000 on it. Uh, you think this is great. I'm going to just park that over here, not make any payments. Uh, and in that scenario, if the interest is kind of uh, accruing but doesn't show up, over the course of the year, really what you may end up with is a $12,400 balance 366 days later as opposed to a $10,000 balance. So you nearly need to know as a consumer what is deferred, what is not, and the terms of all your cards. So once you have an understanding of all the terms of the cards and the interest rates, then you can start a very detailed plan to start plugging away and making payments on a systematic basis to retire the debt that either A, has the highest consistent rate or poses the biggest potential problem if it's not paid off within the introductory period. That's very important to note because you don't want to be caught by surprise because usually in life, most financial surprises are not pleasant ones. Now, what else is needed to kind of keep you on the right path. Secondarily, learn to live without the payments you're making on the cards. And once the cards are paid off, a very good best practice is to start saving that money. That doesn't mean spending it or investing it. Saving is different. Saving is for rainy days. Use that money to build up a cash reserve first that would be equal to about six months of your normal and customary expenses. Because most likely, the reason why you got into a credit card problem to begin with is the fact you didn't really have a readily available cash reserve. So that's very, very important that before you want to start looking at long-term investments, you need to make sure your cash reserve is absolutely um, flush and at a level that you may need it. Now, people may say, well, Drew, what if, you know, uh, what if I want to continue having a credit card? A credit card buying of itself is not a bad thing as long as you can afford to pay off the charges every month. Some people that pay off their charges every month may also find that occasionally they get hit with some interest expenses because in the fine print of the card, uh, let's say maybe your payment was even one day late. Let's say what you thought you owed them, a return was not credited. Uh, interest can be charged for a lot of different reasons. And there are reasons that Visa and MasterCard and American Express make billions of dollars a year on people, um, not just the interest they charge, but the fact that they have different ways to charge the interest, uh, even when they have so many people that may declare bankruptcy on them and be unsecured creditors, they're making enough on those cards um, 
off the interest they choose, you know, they charge, but also offer off the terms they have that most consumers are totally unaware of. So first and foremost, you want to take what you are paying on your debt control plan and begin saving in a cash reserve. Going back to that next question, you know, how do you know do you need three or six months for a cash reserve? If you are in a job where you have basically a ton of sick days, more than three months worth, and it's a guaranteed income job, you're tenured or you're protected by some way, probably having a lower cash reserve like three months would be more acceptable. But if you are not in that situation, it's really good to have six months of money. And if you're in a commission job, say you sell houses or do something where you rely on commissions uh, for your income and they can you know, vary widely from month to month or year to year, you may want to look at having a cash reserve that's at least 12 months of your normal expenses. And that even includes if your expenses are $100,000 a year. You may not want to do anything in the long term until you have the $100,000 put back. So those are all things to consider. Um, one, if you have credit card debt, look at all the terms first, rate second, to develop your plan of what to pay off first, second, third, etc. Take that payment once the credit cards are paid off and begin putting that back for your own cash reserve and rainy day fund. And then based on your job and or if you're married, your and your spouse's job, then consider whether your cash reserve should be three, six, or 12 months worth of normal operating expenses, and that will get you off to the right foot to being out of debt and into savings. Keep listening to Financial Fridays right here on this station, and we will be back in 60 seconds. What do you want to do when you grow up? When we were young, it's a question we were often asked. As we get older, our passions become clearer, our pursuits become careers, and if we're diligent, we begin to plan for the life we want to live. That's why at Ameriprise Financial, we ask, what's most important to you? Starting with our confident retirement approach, your Ameriprise Financial Advisor will ask questions that will help you arrive at a customized plan that can help you realize your goals today, tomorrow, and throughout retirement. With the right financial advisor, life can be brilliant. Call Align Wealth Management, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc. today at 270-684-8424. That's 270-684-8424. Office is located at 2708 New Hartford Road in Owensboro, Kentucky. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Hello and welcome back to Financial Fridays brought to you by Align Wealth Management. I'm your host, Drew Watson, and uh, this is the famous email bag segment of our show where we answer the questions that you send in regarding um, your financial matters. Uh, <clears throat> and boy, do we have uh, some good ones today, specifically uh, with regards to some of the market action um, that that went on during the week, uh, we will kind of go through uh, what uh, you know uh, 
what things mean. And, and uh, as a reminder, keep in mind that uh, you can send your questions to me um, directly to William dot a dot watson at a m p f dot com and uh, the question is um, more about kind of indexes and uh, you know how do you uh, get to uh, the value of indexes and it's really important because as we talked about last week uh, some of the indexes essentially um, you know have different return characteristics the broadest index for us uh, the general markets the Russell 3000 it's basically the 3,000 biggest stocks uh, in the index and the important thing is it's 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 uh, market cap weighted meaning the uh, largest stock in the index any given day it could be you know Apple or Microsoft something like that has a higher weighting than lower uh, weighted stocks in the index. But the one that's kind of come to the forefront uh, this week was the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And if you watch the market, say, on Tuesday, for example, you know the market was down um, you know, well over 300 points and the rest of the market um, was up, the more broader indexes, but the Dow – for whatever reason, was uh, down a lot, and people said, you know, what what happened? Um, and keep in mind, last year, which was a probably down 19% year um, for um, the S&P 500, uh, was kind of a down 9% year for the Dow Jones. Now, um, keep in mind, the Dow Jones is only 30 stocks, and uh, at the end of the day, it is uh, based on the price of those 30 stocks. So let's kind of go through those 30 stocks first. Uh, 3M uh, is in here. It's a big uh, conglomerate out of Minnesota. American Express, which is consumer finance. Apple, which is obviously uh, electronics. Boeing in aerospace and defense. Caterpillar, which is known for their construction and mining equipment, Chevron, oil and gas, Cisco Systems, uh, computer networking, Coca-Cola for beverages, Dow, Inc. for chemicals, Exxon uh, Mobil, another oil and gas. You have Goldman Sachs in banking and finance, and, and keep that in mind, uh, Home Depot and home improvement retailer, IBM uh, in computers, Intel as a semiconductor maker, Johnson & Johnson in the pharma- pharmaceutical space, J.P. Morgan Chase in banking, McDonald's in fast food, Merck in pharmaceuticals, Microsoft in you know, software, Nike uh, in apparel, Pfizer in pharmaceuticals, uh, Procter and Gamble in consumer goods, uh, the insurance company Travelers, the health insurance company United Health, uh, United Technologies is another conglomerate, Verizon, uh, Visa, and Walmart. Walgreens, and Disney. Those are your 30 stocks. Well, as I said, the Dow Jones Industrial Average is price average, meaning that is computed by taking the average price of the 30 stocks that comprise the index and dividing that figure by a number called the divisor. Um, 
I guess I should have warned you at the top of this episode, there's math in this class. The divisor is there to take into account stock splits and mergers, uh, which also makes the Dow a scaled average. If the Dow weren't calculated as a scaled average, the index would decrease whenever a stock split, a stock split took place. Um, so right now it looks like, um, you know, the divisor's all over the place, but I think the most recent divisor is right around, um, uh, you know, two point something percent. But, uh, as we kind of went through the exercise, we said, you know, the Dow was down quite a bit. Um, let's say, for example, Tuesday. Well, one of the main reasons, uh, especially when the Dow was down, say, 300 plus points, uh, Goldman Sachs, which is one of the 30 stocks and also is at one of the higher prices of all the stocks, um, maybe the highest in the Dow, um, was down uh, at one point dollars $26 a share. So if that is why, you know, the Dow looked to have on paper – a kind of quote unquote horrible day when really um, it was basically just kind of one stock having a crummy day, but given the fact that that stock has such a high price and the and the you know market as a whole uh, did okay, you could see that. Uh, Goldman Sachs being at three hundred some odd dollars uh, a share really, really, really uh, hurt the Dow when it was off by twenty five dollars. So to put that in kind of to an easier to think about perspective, and this is kind of the Cliff Notes version, certainly not um, you know anything to kind of take an exam on. Uh, the higher the price of stock in the Dow, the more that it's down, the more the Dow is going to be down. Um, you know, on Wednesday, for example, Goldman Sachs was up modestly, um, and the Dow, though, was down you know, 400 points and change at this one point. This is WOMI Owensboro. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.